0: Welcome to the show. I'm Philip. On The H-A-N Show, we bring the haunt industry to you every weekday. We have news, education, and on-location coverage from Halloween experiences around the world. Whether you're a professional or enthusiast, each episode helps you better prepare for Halloween. Outside of this podcast, we have videos, education, and even events. Links to everything we do are in the show notes. On Mondays, we break down large trends from the news and discuss why it matters to you in our weekly Green Tagged series co-hosted by Scott Swenson and myself. And check back tomorrow for our weekly haunt news roundup. Okay, here's this week's installment of Green Tagged Theme Park in 30. From our studios in Los Angeles and Tampa, this is Green Tagged Theme Park in 30. I'm Philip and I'm joined by my co-host Scott Swenson of Scott Swenson Creative Development. And Scott, today I thought we would talk a little bit about how... Everything is different, but really, it's all still going according to plan. <laughs> so, it, yes, this is the
1: this is the gosh, you know, Scott and Philip may have been onto something here, um, or they may <laughs> have been looking at the right things. I'm not going to say that we are the master prognosticators here, but I will say that a lot of the stories and a lot of the trends that we've been reporting on since we actually started uh, doing this show are are kind of coming to fruition the way we anticipated. So, yeah. um, I, you know, it, it, I don't want I don't want to sit there and pat us on the back because now all of a <laughs> sudden, you know, for the next two years, everything we say will be complete crap and nobody, nothing will ever really pan out. But, um, so far we've been reporting on and discussing, it appears to be the, the, I won't even say right or wrong, the most accurate things, you know, the, yeah. the way we've predicted things rolling out, um, during the pandemic and post pandemic and, now, perhaps even resurgence of pandemic. Who knows, um, wherever it's mm-hmm. going to go. But I, I, I think based on where we are right now, and some of the stories we're going to cover in this particular show, I think we've been sharing some pretty good advice, or at least sharing some pretty good questions that that um, owners, operators, uh, vendors, anybody involved in the attractions industry should really kind of keep an eye on or or an ear on, and and keep moving with these things in mind.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the, I kind of thought about this because we, we've heard a lot about people for Christmas saying their Christmas numbers are down and Halloween numbers down and and this and that. And, you know, we've seen talk about the inflation and we've seen talked about um, adding new stuff and this and that. And it's like, well, really, all of this has been according to the plan. I mean, we, we've talked about for the longest time how there's they were supposed to be built in the post-pandemic bump. You mm-hmm. know, Scott talked about, you know, everyone rushes out, you rush out, you spend, you go out, and then you're done with the thing you wanted to do, your big tradition, right? And with the the that di- decrease in demand, you know, that's where we are now. And what that sees is then it sees a need for the facilities to reinvest and to be competitive and to th- really re-differentiate themselves, which we had been talking about, again, for years, because we looked at that time frame being 2023, 2024, and that's when so many of the new projects were slated to open for that very reason, mm-hmm. to make sure that parks could kind of differentiate. And I think it's easy for us to panic when we are looking at day-to-day issues. Right. But if you look, if you widen back out and look at the arc of things, it's all according to plan. There was always supposed to be an equilibrium that needs to be reached again. And then we, again, we go back into differentiating and then we give everything time to ease. We've talked about supply chains. We've talked about blah, blah, blah. It's like that. All this is going to take time to ease and to get back to an equilibrium, back to 2019 numbers, right? And then new products open, new demand builds in, and then it's a pendulum goes back, right? You know, swing once people then go to see all the new offerings, it's going to swing back and forth. So, um, the other big trends too we've seen is a lot of investment not in the U.S. You know, we're again, we're so focused here on the U.S. and what we're doing here, we kind of forget that the Asia and Middle East had kind of declared that they wanted to become the world hubs and have been kind of fighting for investment on those two areas. And maybe we've, you know, our attention, of course, gets pulled back whenever stuff happens here, but that development has continued very strong while we've been thinking about our parks reopening. And, you know, maybe China's been a little derailed, of course, with their their zero COVID that's kind of inhibited tourism, but there's still development and, of course, you know, the, the big openings there before, before it all happened. So anyway, so all the stories today will kind of fit into that. And our, our first three stories have to do with parks kind of refocusing to differentiate and to prepare to, again, have to offer stuff for shoulder seasons, which we've talked about forever. So we're going to not go into these, but just mesh them together. Uh, First, the first story is actually a, a column written by Jeff DePauly. Shout out to Jeff. He probably is listening and it's um he wrote about how the Grinchmas over at Universal Studios Hollywood has expanded and it's it's a good column kind of comparing the the last year to this year but essentially it went from stuff going on the weekends only and a trimmed down version of just a tree and some characters to an everyday offering where there's a new stage show and there's more character interactions and again that kind of illustrates exactly our point is taking this kind of season where you would normally think it would, you know, where, where a lot of people would think that this Christmas would be easy and you wouldn't need to do much. It's not really turning out that way because, again, we're in the post-pandemic bump and there's competition, so you need to really hone in on what makes you different. And what makes you different is Grinchmas because you have the IP, <laughs> you lean into the IP, uh, yeah. you make it every day and encourage daytime business. I think it's important to recognize all of the things that we're going to talk about, or
1: the majority of things we're going to talk about, especially at the beginning of the show, are all about parks finding ways to cut through that equilibrium. You know, it, when it when the equilibrium, as the equilibrium comes uh, and the, the numbers go back to kind of a little bit more, um, a little bit more "quote unquote" normal, um, you know. Equilibrium is something that's always that's that's what the world strives for. So the universe strives for is, and that's not just industry; that's just science. Um, it strives for equilibrium. So we're going to we're going to see that, and this is a perfect example of how um, one park, and then we've got some other examples here as well, is is trying to find a way to cut through that equilibrium with an, an established uh, an established IP that they've already you know got going, and it just on top line in reading the article, it looks as though they're sort of following more of the Orlando model for Grinchmas mm-hmm. um, and and building on what they know works there and and implementing it in the in the California Park, which I think makes total sense. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, another two stories we're gonna pair with that is that Hong Kong Disneyland has kind of uh, changed began a new Christmas tradition with the concert series. So essentially they're, they're kind of changing around again, their Christmas offerings in Hong Kong and adding a little bit of concert to them and moving around some of the holiday stuff. Again, same, same thing, same thing they're doing They're Again, it's a different mix because they're in Hong Kong and it's a little bit different. You know, Christmas is, is again, just like Halloween, it's celebrated differently there. So it's different expectations. There's different IPs they have there, but they're trying to kind of again, differentiate in Hong Kong and stay, you know, do something that can stay open and whatnot. And then, of course, the great movie Escape Rooms are opening next week, opening soon, by the time we're talking this coming week, at Universal City Walk in Orlando. We talked about them way back when they were announced, and now they are opening. And it's another one of those things, you know? Universal is coming off of its strongest Q4 in a very long time, after Horror Nights and the massive crowds there. And you would again, you would think, oh, it would be easy because they do all this Christmas and they're going to have all these visitors. Well, you know, they're preparing these low throughput additional options for those shoulder for the january for the february for the low seasons before they open mardi gras which by the way they have announced <laughs> and the other stories we didn't put in here but that were announced right you saw lunar new year being announced january 20th you see food and wine over it is like they're already pushing mm-hmm. already you see advertising for these events for next year and that's because of this thing that we're talking where you're going to need to push these shoulders.
1: Yeah. And and since, you know, if you are listening now, it might be a little bit too late, but if you are, if it's not too late for you or in your market, make certain that you're giving guests a reason to come back after the first of the year and you need to be doing it now because um, this is where you're going to get the last, I'm going to say the last big wave of post pandemic um, going into the holidays, which are always busy for all of us, but make certain Mm -hmm. that you know now as we've seen from from well really the big players you've got you've got hong kong disneyland you've got you've got universal studios hollywood and universal citywalk the, the, you they're all all the big players are going okay we need to have little little snippets, little tidbits that we can continue to keep people interested. And now's the perfect time to do it because you're going to have the most people in your park. Um, you know, you're going to have a huge, a huge bump now, and you're going to need something to help sustain you in, as Philip's been saying, the shoulder season. So, so if you don't have something planned, um, you, you may be too late, but maybe you can find something like, depending on the size of your park, if you are a smaller, uh, you know, independent, zoo or whatever, um, now is the time to start announcing what you're going to be doing in the, uh, in the, in January and in, um, you know, the early spring. Uh th- one of the things that I've seen here in, in Florida that seems to be a, a trend, and I'm assuming it's some other, other locations that have large, um, uh, large Latin Hispanic communities is, uh, mm-hmm. they're actually extending, um, King's day. They're extending three, the three Kings, Yep. Dare I call it an IP? I mean, I don't mean to sound sacrilegious, but uh, the, the the three kings concept and extending that um, because the the Latin guests—that's something that's natural to them. It's something that is appealing to them, and if there's something fun that they can announce, even the the non Hispanic folks are going to be able to see. Oh, there's something new. There's something special. So even even some of the areas here in in Tampa who are some of the the attractions that are doing Christmas are keeping. The the kings section, the three kings elements open longer uh, into further into January. Um, yeah. So even there, it's it's looking at what is going to work in your market and what's going to work with your demographic. And um, so I, I I think it's important to recognize that's uh, that's something that's going to benefit you in the long run. Um, start thinking now about what you want to communicate to the masses of people that are coming to your attraction right now. Uh, so that they'll have a reason to come back after the first of the year. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: And again, to, re- to reinforce nothing new and actually according to plan is how, you know, it's, it's, it's not, uh, I, I, I think there's no reason to panic is really what I'm trying to say. Because I, I hear that a lot. I hear people really freaking out a lot, haunts, you know, <laughs> haunts saying they're never going to do Christmas again, because numbers are so low and Christmas events being upset. And what have I, you know, what have I done with my marketing and what's going wrong? It's like, nothing's going wrong. This is, this has been according to plan. It's all about reinvestment and re-differentiating yourselves and coming out what makes you unique. That's it. And across, across, pretty much,
1: pretty much across the entire last two and a half years, people have been saying, oh, I want to get back to normal. I want to get back to normal. I want to get back to, (laughs) guys, this is back to normal.
0: Yeah, this is back to normal.
1: Like remember when we had to try? <laughs> yeah, this is this is back to normal. This is the way this is the way the industry was um pre-pandemic. Yes, we were on a we were on an, a a really strong trend pre-pandemic. That is true. Um, but it, it's sort of like it, it's sort of like uh, runners when you stop running and then you have to start running again, you gotta get back up to speed. You gotta get all the yeah. pistons firing in the right way, and and that's kind of what we're going through now. So um yeah. I think what's going to happen if if what we've all done is has been accurate and on plan I think what's going to happen is yes we're going to have a little bit of a a slowdown in attendance a little bit of a slowdown in spend but because we have kind of reassessed and reevaluated how we do business um, we're going to have a much stronger platform to build off of um, and I think this is true I think this is true somewhat in the United States but I think we're seeing it even more outside the. US. Um, yeah. because there's, you know, as Philip keeps mentioning, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, of money and investment, um, and interest being spent, um, in parks in, yes. in the middle East, uh, in parks in Asia. And it's, yeah,
0: they, yeah. they get it, they get it. They see what's yeah. happening. Yeah. Well, let's, let, let's move on to that, that section. So uh, again, as we've just said, Plans are continuing in in both of those regions. So a uh, report came out and was kind of shared around that I'll read some excerpts of it here. A recent report from IAPA estimates spending on theme amusement and leisure parks in Africa and the Middle East to hit $609 million in 2023. As part of Vision 2030, Saudi Arabia is building a variety of attractions and giga projects, including the first water theme park, oil rig theme park called The Rig, and Play City Family Entertainment Center. In light of this, the first Saudi Arabia theme parks and entertainment Confex, March 6, 2023, is expected to draw more than 250 industry experts from 75 participating firms representing theme parks, resorts, water parks, family entertainment centers. So again, that may look, again, just think of the perspective. There's a lot of money going into that that may look kind of small in that way, but it, it shows you that it's continuing. <laughs> it, it's continuing, again, as planned, and their vision 2030 is kind of to have a, um, a well, Scott, you. I think you attended one of the, the sessions. You might be a little better to explain some uh, yeah, of the, the visions we so have.
1: Yeah, at at, uh, at Expo at IAPA Expo, I was uh, I was able to attend um, a session that was basically looking at the the future specifically in the UAE and specifically, mm-hmm. even more specifically, from morale. Um, which is a, a huge player um, in in the UAE, and some some parks that are owned by Morale include Ferrari World and um, mm-hmm. Warner Brothers Abu Dhabi and uh, great places. Yeah, yeah. Yas Water. I mean, they're all they're all really like top notch attractions that are getting a great deal of of critical acclaim. And during the presentation, they basically said, um, "We want to be the next." Orlando hub. We want to be the, 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 worldwide, um, vacation spot for, uh, theme park goers and, and water park goers and aquarium goers and, you know, anything that, that we can do to offer, uh, a unique and, and really, I don't know, diverse, um, offering that, that they're going to do. And the nice thing is, you know, they, they're, the uae and i'm going to speak specifically about the uae simply because that's what the uh, what the seminar was about um but you know if you think about it they're they're a country um that has relied on fossil fuels for so long for the majority of their wealth and fossil fuels are becoming less and less popular worldwide and we're you know as we all look at more sustainable options so they're looking forward and they're thinking well gosh we've got a bunch of money to invest we have year-round decent weather uh, it gets a little hot in the summer, but still, it does in Orlando too. Just saying, um, we have year-round decent weather, and um, we've got a bunch of open space that we can develop. So that's why I think we've seen this huge influx over the last few years, and it's not stopping. There are new projects being announced and expanded. Like one of the things they announced at this particular seminar was um, was uh, Harry Potter um, coming yep. to to uh, Warner Brothers, so Warner Brothers, yep. Abu Dhabi. So, yeah, they're, they're yeah. continuing to grow and continuing to to push that envelope further and to build things that are bigger, better, faster, longer
0: um, so that they can have all that marketing. Well, well and, and to give context, too, I mean, you, Scott mentioned, you know, the why the why is basically they need a new a new business model, essentially. And they're looking at tourism being one factor of that. But the other context piece there, um, I, I, I went in 2019, I went to the area to for the IAPA summit that was there. And, you know, we met with everybody and nothing has really changed. I mean, the, the premise is that those areas are, the cities are so new, the infrastructure is new, everything is so new there. That's another big context about about this, right? Is that everything is much, I mean, when you think of here, the US where the global, you know, Orlando is the theme park capital of the world, right? But those parks are old, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. really, the, the, the assets are old, the infrastructure is old. And then you're having all this, you know, look at the look at the hurricanes when I mean, there's a lot of stuff, you know, um, challenges here in terms of just maintaining infrastructure. Everything is new there. So it, it is a different context. The technology is updated. The infrastructure is updated you know, So everything is um, from that standpoint, uh, it, it's a little bit where they they have kind of a leg up on it cuz they've kind of been able to leapfrog a lot of what we've done. So, it's just a, a, a different context. And for, they, don't, for, have to, for and they don't have to
1: and they don't have to tear down something in order to put something new in. Yeah. You know, that's becoming the biggest yeah. challenge in Orlando is is in order to to add something to one of the established parks, you have to get rid of something simply because there's there's not always the I won't say enough land, but there's not always the right amount of land in the right places to add new attractions which is why so many of the things uh, in the middle east are building for much larger audiences than they have right now because they yeah. recognize let's let's make it big let's make it grand let's make it so it, it can accommodate you know a gazillion people um, even though they don't necessarily have that that attendance right now you know they're yeah. they're, they're planning ahead to be so they don't have to you know it's what is it, me- measure measure twice, cut once. They don't have to go back and, and rethink. Um, although they did mention in the IAPA seminar that there are uh, two different attractions that are looking to expand and they're not certain how to do it because um, <clears throat> one of them has a very specific uh, look to the building itself and um, they are trying to figure out how do we expand without destroying the initial intent and look of the the building and the structure. So um, even even now already they're having those kinds of of discussions. But but you're right, Philip. It's yeah. all new. It's all new, and they don't have to strike anything to, to build it new. So it saves on money. It, yeah. And you know, not that they have to worry about money at this point, but they're they're reinvesting in the country in a very intelligent way. And what's happening is for those of you who are um, listening in <clears throat> countries outside of the of the Middle East or outside of China it means that they're looking for a lot of of industry experts um, from around the world to come and participate in these projects. And I mentioned that very selfishly. Um, mm-hmm. I mentioned that because uh, starting very, very soon, in fact, incredibly soon, um, <clears throat> I will be spending a great deal of time in the Middle East, uh, in the UAE, and uh, as I have been um, contracted to be a part of one of the newer attractions that's that's coming in there. so. Um, just so you guys know, who our listeners Philip and I are going to have to figure out ways where we're not recording yeah. where one of us has to wake up in the middle of the night to do it because we are going to be in even further away time zones than we than we normally are. Um, yes, but it's it's pulling industry experts, and what's interesting is the project that I'm working on. Um, my the majority of my team is coming from either the U.S. or the U.K. and uh, yep. they're 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 coming to the UAE. Um, in fact many of the people that I'm gonna be working with while I'm there, I already have working relationships with. I'm already yeah. I've already worked with them in the past. Um, so it's kind of gonna be like old home week. Um and again, I think that kind of makes sense because they're pulling from the parts of the world where uh they've they've made the mistakes in theme park or they've
0: had the experience yeah, that in opening. That's exactly it. Yeah. They're 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 not only can they leapfrog from a technology standpoint, but also from an SOP standpoint, you know, we kind of had to invent a lot of how things work here in the U.S., and they can just take the guidebooks now and right. run with them. Right. Well, and I will say part of the reason that I got that I
1: got this particular uh, assignment, got this particular client, was because of my experience in running theme parks in the U.S. And not only running, exactly. but also designing yeah. for them. And what's interesting is yeah. I'm doing very little design work. My my assignment is is producer, so I'm going to be on uh, on the uh, the overseeing side as opposed to the um, in the trenches side. But the nice thing is the people who are in the trenches, all the directors and the designers and the stage managers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, are all people that if I have if I didn't know them before, we've all worked in similar places, we've all worked for similar clients, so we have a vernacular. So you take that combined level of experience. And you stir it in with um, the the investment, the financial investment that they're putting into these parks, and it's going to give them a leg up. It really is. So I'm I'm very okay. excited to be to be joining that team, but I'm also t- excited to be part of this trend where we're starting to yeah. see uh, theme park become more and more global, and um, and less and less. What
0: what's Orlando doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And actually, so. We're gonna continue to keep the show on schedule. We're we're gonna we're gonna figure it out. You know we're we're gonna we are gonna figure it out. It's gonna be fine. Um, there might be a few weeks where we do special episodes, depending on uh, Scott's work schedule and and whatnot is happening there. But I think it will lend a. a an excellent perspective to the show, which is always we've always strived to have that working professional perspective to the show, and I think this will help with that because Scott will be our kind of boots on the ground in the UAE and and uh, you know with kind of letting us give his perspective on the what's happening there, development that's happening there, and kind of also give us a little bit of because I, I do think that we we always do tend to get caught up in what's, what's going on in Orlando and what's opening up at Disney and Universal. And, and this will give us a a good physically different perspective. And also, you know, um, Scott will be boots on the ground. So,
1: well, and I think what's going to be fun for me is, um, although I probably, uh, until such time as the attraction I'm working on officially opens, although it has been announced, I mean, it's, it's out there, you can figure out what it is, but, um, (laughs) <laughs> the uh, if you, if, you, if you if you dig deep enough you'll figure it out but um but the truth of the matter is even though I won't be talking much about uh, the attraction that that I'm working on um I will have the opportunity to talk as philip says being boots on the ground to talk about just the the, the vibe in the industry overall um because there there's a lot of connections between the different attractions and parks um especially in especially in abu dhabi and especially in dubai um and so it'll it'll give us it'll give us a new perspective. Um, but i uh, I won't be able to share any, of course, insider info because um, I have really strong NDAs. But that's been true throughout the run of this entire show. So I just yeah. make sure that that's yeah. really clear that I don't I have never ever on this show um, intentionally or I think unintentionally shared any information <laughs> that was not already common knowledge. Um but the advantage of being in a different part of the world, I think, is going to make, Give, give us the potential to have a, a richer sense of content and
0: certainly a, a broader perspective on what's going on in the industry. Well, we're not we're not going away. <laughs> we are no. we we're gonna we're gonna keep. We're, things we'll gonna find gonna a way to make it a bit, Even if I do keep... have to get up, we'll find a way to make it happen. We'll find a way to make it happen. Well, that's a little bit of a nice segue. Um, kind of our last story here, I guess, has to do with finding a way to make things happen. So anyway. Um, in the theme of expansions and people still trying to uh, expand and, and and make new things, and we've talked about last episode the importance of story, and that continues to be a strong differentiator. So Port Adventura World announced that they are making the world's first uncharted coaster, and it's going to be built it's billed as the world's first dark ride roller coaster based on Uncharted. And uncharted, what I was not aware of this, I'm sorry. Listeners who, you know, I'm sure think that's ridiculous, but sorry. Um, It started off as a PlayStation video game, and then it turned into a movie, and it kind of, you know, a a treasure hunter type of vibe that's going on with it. And they're designing this kind of dark ride coaster theme to be, to be in line with that. And of course, slated to open in 2023. (laughs) Of course, you know, like this this theme, but this kind of. I think is a specific example that kind of illustrates all these things coming together where even, I don't want to say even in, that makes it sound like it's a smaller park, but just, it is overall, it's it's a smaller competition and a smaller park than say Orlando, right? And, and universal, but you can see how they're being inventive and creative and seeking out a unique IP, one that is tied more into gaming, which we, Scott and I talked about last episode, you know, we kind of talked about the, where the viewers are, and the change of IP, and blah 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 blah, and all that stuff, and so you see them picking this IP. I think specifically because of its strong gaming background, and how it will resonate with gamers, and then bringing it into this area that that has less competition. I would say is how I would phrase it, you know, kind of nicely, and uh, doing something that that is kind of reaching for the stars in the same way that we talked about the Lost Island Park, right? Mm-hmm. Doing something that's kind of very, very. In depth for the area they're in. Well,
1: the okay. other thing that excites me about this too is um, I'm I am not a gamer, so I was not familiar with this as a game. I I knew of the the, the film, um, uh, but um, the the thing that I think is most interesting is how much we've talked over the last year, uh, about, you know, making things as immersive and truly interactive as possible, giving, giving the, the experience, the people who experience the, uh, the rider attraction, a certain sense of agency. And since this is coming from the gamers world, um, where of course it's all about agency, what you do is, is how you proceed within any game. Um, and since it's take, it's coming from that in order to get the backstory, the gamers will have that leg up. So they will already have, been through this world or be familiar with this world, and will be able to experience it um, much the same way um, Harry Potter fans were able to all of a sudden visit Hogwarts yeah. or Diagon Alley in Wizarding World in Orlando. So um, yeah. it, makes, it makes total sense that they're, they're looking at that, that gamer's IP, and you know as we've said over and over again, uh, that's, that's as strong an IP as anything else. Um, but I think we're learning it's okay to use anything that is popular to create an attraction or a theme park. Yeah. It It doesn't have to just come from a movie.
0: And some of the numbers is it's about a $26 million US, uh, $26 US dollar uh, investment, and it will be a collaboration with Intamin and Sally. So it, it definitely is (laughs) <laughs> intimate and sally i mean the, like it kind of i think you picked the best of the best yep. and it, putting together this ride so it is going to be phenomenal uh so so that's again an example of that and one thing to kind of call back from our last episode to give us a little bit of a of a nice ending here i last episode, last episode we talked a lot about the ip and kind of the, the nature of what's happening with film and what all this and this has kind of reminded me that that you know, I still think that movie theaters, I still think these things will, will play a role. I think it will just, again, be equilibrium. It'll become more like Broadway. Broadway still a thing. I mean, you can look, Phantom of the Opera is closing, so eh, maybe that's a, you know, but I mean, that's kind of a, you know, Broadway still a thing. And some things that I, I thought about last time is that uh, after we finished is that, you know, what's also still a thing? Red box DVDs, D- the, the DVD service, for, like, right? And also the DVD service for Netflix. Netflix still mails DVDs, and it's a, what, almost $300 million business of just mailing DVDs to people. And so is Dial-Up. Dial-Up is still a thing. And that's what I mean. Like, they, they've they equalized to become this kind of smaller industries and whatnot, but they are still things. And so I, I think that in, in all that way... Um, You know scott don't worry about the the future of entertainment it's going to be it's going to be strong with ips and there's always going to be i think the the need to have that type of thing it just might be on a different scale or a different distribution than we're used to because People are still mailing their Netflix DVDs and getting new ones in the mail, well, and it's a, a and it's that, a it's a big business and, actually. <laughs> and, to that, and to that point, Philip, you know there are st- also still people out there
1: who are doing experimental theater pieces that are debuting in the basement of a church somewhere, and um and and in in the in the, the scale, you know, in in the in the scale of of their of their world are being quite successful. Um, some of them actually continue to grow and and be recognized and then become much, much larger. So uh, I think the idea of anything can be an IP is actually a beneficial thing for the upstart creator. I think that means yeah. that if you create something that is really cool and you have success with it on some level, there is the potential that it will continue to grow and become a larger and larger Intellectual property. Um, I know that's certainly what's happened with this show. Uh, <laughs> mm. We've started small and we have stayed there firmly, but we are still here and we're still doing. <laughs> we're still doing what we set out to do. We're staying true to our our initial. Uh, concept. And we're going to continue doing it, even though we are going to be in even further away time zones. Um, Speaking of time, we are out of it. So until next time, on behalf of Philip Hernandez with Haunted Attraction Network and Gantam Lighting, and myself, Scott Swenson with Scott Swenson Creative Development, thank you so much for watching and or listening. And we will see you next week on Green Tag, Theme Park
0: in 30. Today's episode was produced and edited by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope. Support for this episode comes from Gantam Lighting and Controls. See what you're missing with a free demo. Sign up at gantam.com slash demo. We release a free weekly industry newsletter. Sign up on our website or at the link in our show notes. The Haunted Attraction Network team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Luis Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Maximus Bryant. Our partner stations include A Scott in the Dark, Scare Track, The Scare Factor, and Haunt Topic Radio. Finally, please, please, please rate and subscribe to our show wherever you're listening. And until next time, haunters, stay scary. This is a haunted attraction network product.